Well, I feel the Lord. I feel the presence of the Lord in this house. There's no other name under heaven whereby a man must be saved except at the name of Jesus. You know, the Lord's really narrow-minded on that subject. There's only one way. One way. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I'm the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. One way. Amen? Praise God. Well, how many of you know what this month is celebrating? The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Of whom all of us in this room have made him our Savior and our Lord of our lives. And how many of you know that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world? And that's an awesome thing for you and I in our lives. So before I share uh, with you and everything else, I'd like to hear what, what your feelings are concerning this month that we're in. You know, it's a, it's, it's a special month, a special time that we reflect back on the resurrection. But how many of you know our Redeemer? He's alive. He's well. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He is making intercession for you and I. Thank God we've got Jesus praying for us. Amen. Interceding in our behalf. And uh, what, do you think he, what, what do you think He's interceding about? What do you think He's in, interceding about? Tom? I felt like this morning Amen. Okay. She did. Amen. And I think it's really important that we remember that without the shedding of the blood, there could be no remission. So he poured out his blood in order for you and I to be able to enjoy uh, the full benefits. That's what brought covenant. Blood is what brings covenant. Every covenant that's been made has the sacrifice of blood uh, with it in order to bring a completion to that, to satisfy that in our lives. Someone else? Yes, Linda. Right.
Right. That was one of the scriptures I was going to give this morning. You know, it's really important that we understand that Jesus didn't just come to establish a new covenant. He came to fulfill an old one, to ratify it, to satisfy it, so that all of the good that was in the old comes into the new. He took away the curse. He, de- he annihilated the curse so that we don't have to live under any sting of the curse anymore. And then he established a new testament in his blood. And so when we realize that the old, some people say, well, the old is the old covenant, and you're getting all that information out of the Old Testament. That's okay. You, you know, you, you don't, he didn't do away with it. He just fulfilled it. Satisfied it. Becky? I believe he's interceding over the, the Word. The Word of God. The Word and the perfect will of God. I believe he makes intercession for us. The Word concerning our lives. And his promises concerning us. And his Word says that we are to remind him. And right. as we remind him of that, I believe he intercedes over the Word. He wants us to get it. Yeah. Well, if we'll get it in our spirit, then our spirit will tell our soul and and manifest it in the body. Amen. Amen. So a sound mind's mind and yours. Doesn't make any difference how old we get. Uh, I have the right to be healed in this body. Right. I have the right to walk in health. I, in order for me to walk in health, I've got to get healed. I need to get healed up so that I can walk in health. There's a difference in getting healed than walking in health. He said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper. Be in health. Right? And his word says we were Yeah. Absolutely. If we were, then we are. And if we are, we is. We, it's just what the Word says. We are blessed coming in. We're blessed going out. So we have all that. Somebody else? Just jump in, Elaine. And the answer is, is yes, he will. Yes, Amy.
Amen. Anybody else? Yes, Ida. Amen. 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 Linda, did you have your hand up? Somebody have? Amen. Someone else. This is good. We're hearing from you. Yes, Lynn. Amen. Amen. Somebody else? Yes, Tracy.
Amen. Amen. We have faith. We have hope. What else do we have? Love. Faith, hope, and love. The three power twins. They all work together. Hope is the igniter of your faith. Because hope is your desire, your dreams, uh, and and the vision for your life. So... It, it takes all three of them to, to make the whole, just like God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. It takes faith, hope, and love. You know, in order for you to, to enjoy this life to its fullest, you have to be uh, tapped into faith. And you, you can't get tapped into faith without it being ignited by your desires, your dreams, and, and your vision. And then love is what consummates the whole thing. Because love never fails. It completes it. And so, thank God for God. Thank God for Jesus and what he came to do. Somebody else. Come on, all you preachers. You got to be instant in season and out of season. Yes, Mark. We're still here, right? Just shows you he can't take you out. It's when we give up. When we give up and we let go. That's that's right. Amen. Revelation speaks a lot, doesn't it? Someone else. You have enough faith to do whatever God needs you to do. All you need is a a little small grain of a mustard seed. It's all you need, just a little bit. It'll take you as far as you want to go. And that's as far as he wants you to go. Amen. Praise God. Honey, you have anything? Know and I know. <laughs> you know, no one can take it away from you when you know 
know that you know that you know it. People can, you know, say, oh, Shirley, you don't believe that. Oh, yes, Shirley, I do. Jesus went to Calvary. He paid the price on Calvary. He shed his blood for me. And because I believe in the death, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, I am born again. I am saved by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Paul the Apostle in Philippians chapter number 3, I'll just read something to you. He said, Yea, doubtless, he said, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dumb, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through uh, the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If I may by any means uh, might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. And then this one he says, he says, brethren, he said, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press, everybody say I. I I press. Toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. It's not a low calling. It's not a medium calling. It's a high calling. What you're called to, what I'm called to, you know, is a high calling. Uh, your, your, uh, your ability to minister is the same ability as the man that stands behind the pulpit. You know, many times we, we look to those that stand behind the pulpit... But the truth of the matter is, is you got as much preach in you as they've got in them and as much teach in you as they've got in them. So, the, because the greater one indwells you, Jesus came to set us free in every arena of life. That was his, his purpose was to destroy the works of the devil. He did that. He's not going to do that again. It's an already established fact. It says he roams, the devil roams around like a roaring lion. He roams around like a roaring, he's not a roaring lion. We have the lion of the tribe of Judah. And the lion of the tribe of Judah lives on the inside of you. That's the reason that he's greater. And so as you yield yourself, as you begin to get understanding and revelation knowledge in who you are, and what you possess in the Lord, then you need to let him know uh, you have no power. You have no rights. This is God's property. You have no rights to this property. This property is sanctified and set apart 
for holy service unto the Lord. Amen. So you and I, we're, we're something. We're not just something waiting to happen. We're already happening. We're already happening. So we, we need to express that. Not only, you know, whenever you got water baptized, there was, there was two basic things that took place. Number one, you got stripped of the old nature that was in you. It says that when you went under the water, you were stripped. In the Amplified, it says you were stripped of the old nature. It was underneath the water. And then you came up in newness of life. Well, what's that newness of life? It's Christ in you. The hope of glory. So you and I are already functioning and operating in that which he has already promised to to will and to do of his good pleasure. So I'm not mine anymore. Paul said in Galatians 2 and 20, he said, I am crucified with Christ. I'm put to death. I put myself to death. And he said, and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So he reckoned himself to be dead. And, you know, it's obvious that Paul was far beyond his time in his revelation, knowledge, and understanding. But he had to be in order for those that God was raising up underneath him to see. Because he, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, my life is going to be an exemplary example of who Christ is. But yet at the same time, he said, Oh, wretched man that I am. In other words, my soul man on the outside, he said, there's a fight going on on the inside. And he says, whichever one I'm feeding the most, that's the one that wins. And you and I deal with the same thing. So Paul was dealing with same things that you and I dealt with. Jesus Christ himself, he became sin who knew no sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Him. Because you can't do this. You have to have... He did it for you, so that all you had to do is to appropriate what's already yours. You don't have to claim it. Appropriate it. Put it into practice into your life. And you'll take a whole lifetime doing putting in practice. Because we're walking this thing out, right? We're running the race. How many of you know there's a point A and you got to get to point B? And in order, and sometimes the journey, the, the getting, getting to point B has already been accomplished for you. But the journey to get there is up to you. That's your soul, man. That's, that's you willing and doing what he said. So that we can, we've already got it, but we have to appropriate it or put it into operation into our life. So what everybody was sharing, you know, uh, a few moments ago and everything else, we're all saying the Lord wants us to get it and he's there praying for us that we do. That we make it. We're going to make it. Amen. We're going to make it. We are going to make it. This, this is not an undecided thing. 
this is something that was established when I signed on. When I signed on. When I signed into the military. Or excuse me. When my dad signed me into the military. I didn't sign. My dad signed me. I was 16 years old. You couldn't, you couldn't sign into the military unless your father went to the recruiter and signed you up. My dad thought the military would do me some good. So he signed me up at 16, and uh, I went into the reserves. But uh, the, the recruiter, after we finished and everything else, he looked at me, and he said, Congratulations. You are now a part of United States military, and we own you. We own you. You do what we say. You go where we say to go. You fulfill the job that we give you to do. Jesus came. He fulfilled everything for you so that you would know that you're his. You belong to him. Just like the government was saying, I belonged to them for my duration of time until they set me free. Well, Jesus is not going to set you free. You're, you're hooked in. You're hooked in. You're born again of the Spirit of the living God. And He now dwells and lives on the inside of you. How much of you... And how much of me that I allow him to reign and to rule in my life. That is my Easter. He is my Passover. He is my all in all. He has become everything that I need him to be. And everything that you need him to be. And sometimes... We look at ourselves in the mirror and we don't see the overcomer that he sees. He sees it because he's in you to will and to do. He's ready to operate and to function. The Holy Spirit will carry everything out for you and I so that we can enjoy this life to its fullest. And it doesn't have anything to do with age. It has to do with relationship. The more time we spend with him, the more we obviously learn of him. The more we, you know, we spend time in prayer. I did a, a deep study years ago on all of the great revivals that took place to look to find out what was the most common things in all revivals that have taken place. And there was two things that stood out. Number one was prayer. Prayer was the number one key behind the success of all of the open revivals. Number two was the renewing of the mind. Getting a mindset like God has, not like the earth has. The earth has limitations. The Lord has no limitations. Absolutely none. And so you and I have to come to a place within our own life as we celebrate this, uh, this Easter time that we're approaching, we need to approach it from a standpoint of who we are and what we possess in Him. Not just going to church, you know, doing what people feel like is their religious duty. Going to church should be just what I do because that's my way of life. 
I go to church because I want to, and I feel the need to because I want to be with like precious brothers and sisters in the Lord that believe in the same person that I do and to get the greatest amount of strength in my life. Each joint that's in this room supplies a need to me. And same here to you. So we need one another desperately for the last hour of the church. And we're in the last hour of the church. She's about to make the greatest history that has ever been seen on this planet. You haven't seen nothing yet to what's about to transpire and happen. And we're, we're, on the, we're already at the beginning stages of it. There's a tremendous fight going on in the heavenlies. Amen. It's going on, but we win. Remember, we win. We do not lose this battle. Neither will Jesus lose this battle. Neither will God. This earth will not be destroyed by the, by the people of the earth. That's been last in the sovereignty of God himself. He's the one that's going to destroy this earth, but you're not going to be here. Amen? So when you, when you realize that everything, I know when I began to study years ago uh, about this particular time of year when we talk about, uh, you know, the Passover and the last Passover that Jesus had, and, and it was all about him and everything else, I, I realized, no, it wasn't just about him. It was about all that would dare to believe and accept the plan that God sent. And so he had you and me in mind. When he was hanging on Calvary and he said, it is finished, he was saying, Phil Thurman, 2,000 years later, you're going to be born into this earth. And my heart went out to you so that you would know what I know. And you can be what I have been. So he had you and I in mind when all of that took place. But he became sin. He was not a sinner. I've heard it preached from the pulpits that Jesus was a sinner in order that I could be set free from sin. No, he was not a sinner. He became sin. There's a difference. He became sin. He became the nature of sin in order for you and I to become the righteousness of God. He became all of that so that I could be free, that I could know true freedom and enjoy my life on this planet called earth. It takes faith to live and it takes faith to die. Death should not be a sting for you and I. It ought to be a moment of peace and happiness because you don't die. You step into eternity. You're more alive then than you've ever been. So as we get older, we have a tendency to think about that time. But if we change our perspective of look, of where I'm looking... Where I'm headed, it ought to be a beautiful time, just like God said. It's a beautiful time.
for us. So when Jesus looked up, he wasn't mad at God. He just couldn't believe how mankind had lived up until this point underneath that sin, and he became it, and he fulfilled it. And that's the reason he told them. He said, three days from now, I'm going to rise again. Except when I rise again, it's going to be for the victory of the entire world. And that's where the fulfillment of when God said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't love the planet. He loved that which was in the planet, which is you and me. So he had me and you in mind. Amen. That's what Easter is really all about. Yes, sir. Amen. So there you got the seven through the tenth to have a hope that was bigger than what we've had in the end of the world. God's about to do these things. Amen. Exciting. Yes, Mark. How many people got born again today?
Go ahead, Samuel. You point your finger at me. So go ahead. <laughs> Perfect redemption. Praise God. Anybody else? Have you have anything else that you would like to share? We want to hear. Amen. I know, you know, I, I, ever since I've been born again, uh, except for just, you know, maybe a couple of years of my first experience uh, of being born again, I was in a denominational church uh, because that's where Diane, Diane attended a Southern Baptist church. So I, that's where I went was to a Southern Baptist church. And, uh, but once I got filled with the Holy Ghost, which is, just a few years later, got filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, everything changed and uh, changed significantly uh, in my life. I'm sure it did in your life as well. But, you know, we got to be around and, and go to different places and see different individuals that uh, uh, were well known in the in the arena of healings and and everything else, uh, like we went to Catherine Kuhlman's meeting, and uh, uh, it was just phenomenal. But the thing that I I went there as a skeptic, not as one that was really I'm, you know I, I mean I watched her on TV, but I could turn her off when I wanted to, and turn her on when I wanted to. So, you know, I watched the parts that I liked and turned her off when I didn't like it. But anyway, Diane talked me into going, so we we went, and this was in Houston, Texas. And uh, I never will forget, we went to the arena, and we were way up in the balcony area. And uh, the whole floor down in the front of us, all of the, the bottom floor where they played basketball and soccer and all these different things, it was filled, just filled, packed with wheelchairs with uh, gurneys from ambulances, people that were brought in in ambulances that were, some were comatose, you know, others, you know, they had IVs and everything and doctors with them, nurses with them, standing by their their beds, their, their gurneys and stuff. And uh, uh, the praise was going on in the, they were playing music and praise was going on. And everything else, and I and I kept watching all these people down on the floor, and I mean, there was just as far as your eye could see to the end, to the other end. They reserved the entire bottom floor for sick people, and so I was watching, and there was one 
man that was straight down from us, I could see him real clear. There was a doctor standing on one side. There was a nurse on the other side. It was obvious he was comatose, uh, you know, just laying on a gurney. They were checking his vitals constantly, constantly. And uh, as we looked down, I might have already shared this with you, but it's apropos to what what we're talking about that's a, is, is in the process of happening right now, but in a greater degree than this. Uh, anyway, I, I just kept my eyes pinned on him, the, and the different people came out, and they performed and uh, did worship songs and so forth. And there was an atmosphere that was created inside of that auditorium by the people, not by the guest singers and the people that were a part of her ministry. Uh, they did too, but what really ignited it was the people. And the people were praying and praising and magnifying the Lord. And all of a sudden, this gentleman sits up on the gurney, just sits up on the gurney. All he has on is his hospital gown, which I guess they all still don't have a back on them. His didn't have a back on him. And he set up and the doctors are tell the doctor is telling him, don't do that. He's pulling his IVs out. He's disconnecting himself from his IVs. And the nurse is trying to plead with him, don't do that, and does it anyway. And and next thing you know, he slips off of the gurney and stands straight up. And, of course, you see the whole back end of him exposed. But it didn't make him any difference because he just got touched by God. And it wasn't because somebody laid hands on him or anything else. It was because of the atmosphere that had been created that became conducive for the Holy Ghost to move in. We had a similarity of that this past Sunday morning in here. During praise and worship, those songs became conducive for the Holy Spirit's presence. And He came into this, this facility because we brought Him in. And we were ignited, so He got ignited. So... Anyway, this man goes up, and finally there's a long line of people going up. Someone had compassion on him and put a coat on him so that his back exterior wouldn't be exposed. I don't think he could care less one way or the other, you know. I mean, he was, he was healed. He was, he was touched. And the doctor goes up with him. Finally, they get up to Catherine Kuhlman, and... So Catherine Kuhlman, usually she addresses the person that's come up and says, what's happened to you? But she turned to the doctor and she said, what's happened to him? He said, well, I'm his doctor. And he said, I'm not real sure. All I know was that when we brought this man in, he was at death's door. We did not expect him to live, you know, just, we just expected him to die any minute. He, she, he said, I don't know what's happened, and I don't have any explanation for it. She, and she basically said, well, I do. I understand. She said, it's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is in this place and is touching his life and healing him if he's not already totally healed. What did he have? He had the last stage of cancer. 
He was in the, he was beyond the fourth stage. He was at death's door. And, uh, she said, well, take him and examine him. He said, well, I'll have to go back to the hospital. Well, do what you need to do, but we'd like to have the report. Uh, And later on, it's publicized, the report. Uh, She gets the report, and she publicizes the report that uh, he was completely healed. They couldn't find a trace of cancer in his body. That kind of manifestation came, and not just him, but just hundreds of people. Hundreds of people. Nobody touching them just getting up out of their wheelchairs, you know, walking, running, people that were lame, people that had crutches. There was another gentleman in the auditorium that particular service was a a police uh, captain of the police force uh, in uh, Houston that had uh, terminal cancer, and she had a word of knowledge. She said, there's a man right there, right there. You're right there in that section, right there, and you have terminal cancer, and the Lord's healing you right now. Captain John Levere was his name, and he was touched supernaturally, instantly, right there. While he was standing, right there. Nobody else touched him. And I'm telling you that God's going to do such a supernatural thing. So that's the reason when we come, we need to come with anticipation and expectation. And enter in and believe God to start doing, just sweeping with the Holy Spirit across the auditorium. You know, Jesus went to places, and the Bible says he healed everyone. Everyone. Every person that was sick or bound by the devil, he set them completely free. That's what we're going to see. People are going to come into the house. Some sick, bound, and they're going to get loosed and freed. Some will get it right as they walk in the door. Some will get it on the property as they drive up on the property. But they won't be able to stand in the house. It's happening. Yeah. He inhabits, doesn't he? Amen. Amen. So we need to expect it. Are you ready? I think it's going to be so cool. I told pastor here not long ago, I said, I look forward to the day that we walk in here and there's not one person in the house sick. Not one. Sure. Everybody stand to your feet. I want several of you to lay hands upon Sharon. Several of you to lay hands upon Jim right here. Let's release our faith. 
Let's release our faith. Father, right now, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we have corresponding actions. We release our faith in the operation and the ability of the Word of God in Sharon's life and in Jim's life right now. And we command their bodies in the name of Jesus to be made whole. Lord, touch them from the top of their head, literally, to the soles of their feet. Jesus, you were wounded for their transgressions, bruised for their iniquities. The chastisement of their peace was placed upon you, and with their, your stripes, they are the healed. They are the healed. They are the healed. They are not going to be. They are the healed right now. Faith says now. We speak to the bodies now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus has set them totally, completely free. This bronchitis gone in Jesus' name. Right now. Right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever is troubling Sharon's body, it gone right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. We believe it. We receive it. And we count it done. We count it done in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray for every family that is here right now. Lord, whatever needs are represented in every family, Lord, we thank you for supernatural intervention. If there are those that are lost, we claim their souls for the kingdom of God. Satan, we just remind you, you're a defeated foe. You cannot have our offspring. You cannot have one family member. We claim their souls for the kingdom of God. And we release your holds upon their life. For any that are sick and bound in any way, any addictions, we take authority over that right now in the name of Jesus. And we command them to be loosed right now in the name of Jesus. We appropriate the blood. The blood came and set the captive free. We appropriate it. Thank you for it. We receive it. We count it done. We give you glory. We give you honor. And we give you praise in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we've been blessed, haven't we? We are so blessed. I'm so grateful and thankful for you coming, being a part, and everything else. Uh, we just ask as many of you can stay behind and help us a little bit, help us to clean it up. 
so we can get it ready for tomorrow's service. We'd appreciate that. For those of you that uh, would, wouldn't mind to take uh, the food that's left, if you have somebody that has need of it, yourself as well, there's food in here still left. So we just pray travel mercies as you, as you leave and go your respective ways. And uh, just believe God for a supernatural day for you and that you come back again in the morning, 10 o'clock. Pastor will be ministering tomorrow. Uh, Looking for a great, great time. Then uh, uh, we have uh, Brother Roberts is going to be with us the following Sunday on the 10th. And then we have uh, later on Billy Brim will be with us at the end of the month be a wonderful time as well. Of course, we have Easter in between. It's going to be an awesome time. This month is going to be a busy month. God bless you. Minister one another because you love and you care for one another. Amen. God bless you.